Welcome to episode 468 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I'm sharing true paranormal stories from the web. As always, you can find all episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions. Or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening. Whether you are here for the live streams on Discord, or you listen on the podcast or YouTube feeds, or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP Digital Broadcasting, where you can hear uh, replays of two episodes of the show every night at 6 p.m., Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before uh, Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing the show and putting it up on the station. If you'd like to help the show, there are some different ways to do that. Uh, all help is uh, always appreciated and never expected, but uh, that's... Um, Anything that you can do to uh, help get the show out there more is definitely a good thing. Um, you can always share the show with others uh, and or uh, rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. Also, I've written some paranormal fiction and nonfiction books you can check out over on Amazon. I also have a Patreon page, and uh, there will be always be at least one episode per month over there. Of this kind of a show, True Paranormal Stories from the Web, uh, available to all membership tiers. And uh, hopefully, as the show goes on, there'll be more of those each month. Um, I would love to do at least one a week. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, if not this year, then definitely next year, just with all the um, holidays and everything in uh, the last couple months of the year. I think that could complicate that, but we'll see. Um, also, if you'd like to make one-time donations, you can do that through PayPal and or uh, Venmo. And um, again, uh, help is never expected, but always appreciated as there are expenses in making the show. Uh, from equipment to research materials to travel expenses. Uh, I'll be going to the Mid-Michigan Paracon this year, November 4th and 5th at the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Uh, going to be doing some recordings there of myself and anyone else who wants to be uh, recorded, uh, talking about the paranormal in general, and then also just um, experiences as well. So, uh, And then I'll bring those recordings back, and I will share them on future shows. So um, I think that covers everything. Uh, just a quick note, I may take off a week um, starting, let's see, I guess it would be uh, September, it's either 8th or 9th, um, the, the uh, first full weekend in September, I have a family uh, gathering that I'll be going to, and I may be offline for a couple of days, and so, um, just so you all know, I will mention it again when it gets closer. I uh, may, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll just take that week off and just to make sure I have enough time to uh, do all that and enjoy 
being with family and uh and then um come back to the full week schedule as usual. So we still have a whole week of shows before that. So uh not counting this week. Um I think that covers everything, so let me get to the stories here and I'll um we'll get going. Okay, so this first story says, uh, let me see, okay, my aunt lived with my parents and I for 16 years and passed away recently. Since then, we have all sensed her presence here. Still, I seem to have more experiences than my parents. About a week after her death, I felt a light tap on my back. Reminiscent of how my aunt used to t- uh, tap me, or pat me, as a child to get my attention. My aunt used to cook meals and tend to my uncle during the weekends. And the tapping was reminiscent of her scooting me away while busy. My mother has been experiencing more paranormal activity recently, and even claimed to have seen my aunt in the living room one night. My aunt had a favorite TV show that she used to watch in her room before she passed away. After her death, we have received multiple social media notices about the star of that TV show several times a day. We wonder if my aunt is somehow behind this, using it as another way to let us know that she is still around, in a way. I have been wondering what would happen if we put the TV show on in my aunt's room to see if there's any reaction or further signs of her presence. So that's where that story ends. Um, And uh, I wonder about that last part as far as is that sort of a um, something that is maybe people may, might think of more now than they used to because of how popular uh, paranormal investigation shows are and just stories of these kinds of things? Um, or it just could be that the writer is really interested in these things anyway and uh, sort of just came up with this thought on their own, which either way is... Uh, it's really an amazing idea in a way but also i would think i don't know i don't know how i feel about that one i feel like maybe that might or might not work and it might lead to sort of either nothing happening which might sort of make everyone sad or uh false positives um and I don't even know for sure what that would what what that would mean, but um, but yeah, I don't know if I would want to do that or not. Um, but uh, I, I tend to take the approach of just letting things happen and making note of them. Uh, I try not to. Uh, really, I don't. I don't want to try to ask for things to happen either directly or sort of indirectly in the way that this. Um, this writer in the story here is thinking of. Not that I'm saying people can't do that, but um, 
I've heard stories of people trying different things, and in some cases, it's stuff like that, and or it's um, people getting re- really getting into the whole electronic voice phenomenon uh, um, field or practice or getting deep into that where they're recording all the time, and it sort of starts to take over their life and they start getting messages that don't fit with who they're looking for for any number of reasons. Um, I think that can be, like anything, things can be overdone. And so I'd I'd worry about that. But uh, So I wouldn't want to do that, but that's just me. So, um, But yeah, that sounds like the the writer's aunt is... Um, possibly giving signs to multiple people in the household that uh, that she's there. Maybe I'm not sure if it's just saying goodbye in these different ways, just to um, sort of just these these few incidences incidents where they were all sort of a collective uh, sort of a wave goodbye, or if she really is sticking around a lot more for whatever reason, then then it could be why. He's sort of getting their attention, so I don't know. But um, I would say, as long as there's no negative feelings there, uh, I would, I wouldn't, um, I, w- I would be interested in knowing what else happens. So, but again, like I said, I wouldn't want to try to um, sort of, inst- well, not instigate. I wouldn't want to uh, try to get more activity going. That's, I guess, what I would say to that. So, anyway, moving on to the next story here. This one says, I was at a friend's house one holiday season, though we were just visiting, not really celebrating anything at the time. As we were talking, I saw a man standing next to her with his hand on her shoulder. I described the man to her. He wore blue jeans and a black shirt, had a thick mustache, and slick, dark hair. My friend showed me a photo of her dad, and we realized he was the man I had seen. My friend was a little frightened at first, but it was a comforting experience in the end. And that's where that story ends. Um, I can understand the initial response of being frightened. Um, especially when it's your own relative and someone else has seen them and all kinds of thoughts may be going through your mind. Is it really them? But um, I think maybe what I'm hoping is that that comforting feeling is something that also came from, uh, hopefully, this the, this writer's friend's father to kind of let them know that it was him. Um, and I would think as long as there's no other activity there, then that would be maybe a good sign that it was just a one-time thing, sort of a one-time message. Again, um, like I talk about sometimes, and um, maybe the, uh, the the friend wasn't sort of able to or wasn't sensitive enough at the time, uh, maybe depending on even how long it had been between the friend's father passing and then when this happened. Um, if it was too close and I could see them being distracted. 
so, but yeah, it's um, that's those are always amazing stories when you hear about loved ones that reappear or that appear, and uh, the pe- people that they're close to don't see them, but someone else near nearby, physically nearby, does, and then you get that um, description to the to the loved one, and then it matches someone that the um, the the witness may not even know. Uh, maybe someone that they never met before, while that um, while that family member was was alive, and but now they're seeing them. So a lot of possibilities there. Um, so yeah, not sure what to make of that one other than that. Um, so moving on to the next one. This says this happened while I worked night shift at an abandoned hospital. Despite being a skeptic. Something eerie and unexplained happened that prompted me to quit. A co-worker wasn't able to make it one night, leaving me alone at the hospital. During this shift, I heard faint mechanical I heard a faint mechanical noise coming from the basement. I thought it might be old pipes or a draft causing a noise. Despite my skepticism, I decided to investigate. Once I got down to the basement, I felt uneasy. I found a room filled with shelves and cardboard boxes of documents. While investigating, I felt a rush of air behind me, as if someone walked by, sending a chill down my spine. I hesitated, but didn't turn around. I felt like I had to leave the basement. As I headed to the exit, the door I had left open slammed shut deliberately. No breeze or draft could have done that. I don't know if it was paranormal, a coincidence, or an encounter with a trespasser. If it was a person, I didn't hear any other sounds from them. The incident prompted me to quit the job. And that's where that story ends. And um, there are many stories similar to that. People that are working in places where there's no one else or next to no one else. And something that they can't explain happens. And then they, they understandably, they want to, um, they don't want to work there, at least during that, those night shifts anymore. Um, some people are able to switch switch um, times, switch shifts, but when they can't, <clears throat> I'm wondering if that's the case with this, uh, the, the writer there. If they can't, then they just stop. They just quit that job and find another one. And uh, so, but I don't blame them. I wonder, uh, it does sound like they tried to rule out anything that was... Um, uh, logical or normal explanation for things but um so i i'm you never know for sure but uh if it was anything paranormal i don't blame them for not wanting to work there at that time anymore um of course i'm always one of those people that would like to investigate myself so places like uh, places like that myself but uh but um but yeah i don't blame anyone for not wanting to be there when all that's going on and uh, I wasn't there to have the 
the feelings in the basement. So maybe they were picking up on something that um, didn't want them there. And the door closing was uh, sort of another another um, hint for them to get out of there. And I don't think that's always a bad a negative force whenever sort of people get the message to to leave. I don't think that automatically makes it a negative force. If you think about it, sort of from the point of view of these um, this consciousness, whoever or whatever it is, if it's spirits of people from the past, if it's people in another time that, that are experiencing um, paranormal activity, and it's people from other times, as in the, the writer of this story. So, in other words, th there's two ghosts, and they're... they're Ghosts only in that they're from different time periods, sort of um, in the same area and causing things to happen for each other that they can't explain. Um, but they kind of figure it out, what's going on. Maybe that place isn't abandoned in this other, per this per other person's time. And they're getting freaked out by the sense of a presence in the basement. In the building, and they want that presence to go, and they're kind of trying to trying to get out of the way of it, and then also sort of get it to leave. And the the and again, this other presence is the writer of the story. I always wonder how much um, how many paranormal experiences come down to that, where it's people sort of um, being ghosts for each other or the source of paranormal activity for each other without even realizing it. Um, just a thought, I don't know for sure, but um, I wouldn't be surprised that that, is a, that does happen in many cases. So, um, I think I'm going to... No, there's here. Yeah. So, I'll go on to the next story here. This one says, This happened in late 1994. I saw a cloud image in the sky on the east side of an airport, looking west. The cloud image resembled a detailed jester or joker figure and was deliberately formed. I watched the image for about 30 minutes as it faded into random shapes due to moving clouds. As far as I could tell, the image height was around 5 miles, possibly starting at 3,000 feet and extending up to 8,000 feet or more. And I don't know about those numbers, but um, still, just uh, stepping out of the store for a second, it does sound like it was this massive figure in the sky made of clouds. Getting back into the story here. The shape seemed to have three-dimensional features. This happened in the middle of the day. I wonder about the creation of the image. Are tools like cloud busters or other technology from space or using uh, RF signals responsible for the size and detail? I didn't have a camera at the time, as smartphones didn't exist in 1994 and I was working without easy access to a disposable camera. I wonder if anyone else has seen a similar 
Jester, in quotation marks there, uh, cloud image. So and that's where that story ends. I've heard of some odd, um, where people sort of, like the idea of pareidolia, I believe, where people see images in the clouds and they sort of look like things to them. Um, just different animals, whatever, different shapes, airplanes even. Uh, there's even clouds I've heard of where they, they look like flying saucers, but they're just clouds, but they're massive. Um, but this is this doesn't sound like any of that. It sounds like they're saying this was a, a again, a detailed image of a trickster in a way. I wonder if that has something to do with it. If it is some some consciousness, some energy that's sort of um, making this giant image of what of its purpose there. Uh, I, I have no idea. And of course, I like how the the writer points out they 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 try to figure out is this something that could have been done by regular people, or at least people with maybe access to more advanced technology. I don't know. I'm not ruling that out. But um, just considering the, the possibility of it being something formed by consciousness moving moisture and air around to make this image is, is really an um, amazing concept to me. Um, because then does that mean that when we see other shapes in the sky that are clouds. Or even you hear about um, clouds where they light up for, for no apparent reason. Or there's um, sightings of UFOs, sightings of lights, or even craft that seem to come into or go out of clouds or both. Is that cloud sort of also being manipulated by whatever is passing uh, passing behind it? whether it's going into or coming out of it. Um, so many questions that that story brings up. And uh, again, is that, would that be considered a, a sort of a manipulation of the weather? Again, I've talked about that in the show before, where uh, the weather seems to do odd things in some cases. And uh, there's even stories of people who while there's you have experiences with the paranormal while there's thunderstorms and they they think and i don't blame them they wonder if the thunderstorms are sort of either enhancing or generating the activity is there are there entities in inside either the storms or just the area that then use that energy from those storms to uh, manifest to do things to make things happen uh, around them and around the people that witness this activity. So um, that story really stuck out to me because I've never heard of a story quite like that, um, or, or of, of a, a figure in the in, made of cloud in that kind of detail. I've never heard of that before, and. Uh, Again, um, not that I've been doing this forever, only a few years now, almost a few years, but um, it's still really, I had to read that story a couple of times when I first found it because it was just a, a shock to hear 
that kind of a story. So, but that's all the time we have for today. Thank you all for listening. And I'll talk to you all in the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.